I sure know a lot about TV and movies and music too. So join them for the special show. They want to talk about those things too. It's the Fangirly Show. Hi, and welcome to the Fangirly Show, where smart girls go stupid for pop culture. I'm Ellen. And I'm Whitney. And today we are going to be talking about historical period dramas, um, which are a soft spot for Whitney and myself. So we're pretty excited about that. But first, let's get started, as we always do, with some fangirl talk. Wit, what are you squeeing about this week? So glad you asked. Okay, so <laughs> I had, I kid you not, like a like a 17 item long laundry list of things I wanted to squeeze about this week, but I narrowed it down by sheer force of will. Yeah, I have so. a lot too. Oh, good. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, but I do have three. So the first one that I'm just going to casually mention, because we've talked a lot about Creed, but Creed came out on Blu-ray and DVD this month, and I've gotten my money's worth. Let me tell you, I have just burnt a hole in that thing. It, it's so good. And I've also been watching uh, the first three Rocky movies. They're great. We should probably do a whole episode on sports movies at some point. But, so that's that. Uh, and then... What precipitated this whole episode was the uh, ending of Downton Abbey. So I got all caught up on Downton Abbey. I gotta say, I was totally okay saying goodbye. That was not a hard goodbye for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I um, I actually have not been watching Downton Abbey for like the past two... I mean, probably since me Matthew <laughs> died. Spoiler alert. Yeah, um, me That's kind of when I stopped, so... Yeah, I, I watched this last season because I felt like I needed to out of solidarity. But, yeah, it's been kind of a wash for me ever since uh, Matthew Crowley died. Yeah. But, like I said, that wasn't a hard goodbye for me. So, whatever. It should have ended, like, three seasons ago. So, that's that. Also, what I did today, in addition to getting caught up on Downton Abbey, was I got caught up on the most recent season of Suits. Okay. Which I... Crap You Not is the best show on TV. Are you watching it right now? It is so good, and I love that show, but I am not up to date on that one either. Sorry. I know. It's hard to stay current with that show because it's, like, it's got some kind of, like, biannual... Yeah, all those USA shows, it's, like, they do that... I just lose track of them because they are on the weirdest schedules, so... I know, and I never know when the new season is starting up, so I have to jump in halfway through. It's very irritating, I know. But I did get caught up. Um, if you're not watching this show, you you should be. The writing is, like, razor sharp. Uh, it's some of my favorite characters on TV. Patrick J. Adams is bananas hot, as I'm sure he's well aware. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's me. <laughs> what about you, girlfriend? Both. Those are some good things. Um, so it's been a while since we last recorded, um, and I have actually I seen know. a fair number of movies. Um, I saw... Ooh, dish. Um, well, the two that I'll mention are um, The Witch, which actually you talked about in the movies you're looking forward to. It was good, right? Um, I don't know as much... Um, it's weird. Did you see it? it yeah, it's, it's weird. Nobody's going to argue with you there. But, like, it wasn't bad, right? No, it was, and it's so beautiful and really well shot and really well made. Um, I will say that it's, 
I don't know that it's as much scary as it is just like as a thriller, right? Yeah, it's kind of just more disturbing in some parts and just tense. Yeah, it's like suspenseful scary. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Yeah, I wouldn't I would never have called that like a horror movie by any stretch. No. And then the thing that like when people ask me about been asking me about it, um I just tell them I'm like, well, it's it starts it opens with the witch a new england folk tale and it's it has those weird elements of like a new england folk tale coming out of that puritanical yeah. time where there's they believed that people were doing bananas things who were witches and stuff like that so it's yeah. it's just kind of it's a little weird in some parts and the ending i think is a little unsatisfying but um, it is a beautiful movie, really well acted. The kids are really good and will make I you know. more afraid of a goat than you should be. Black Phillip. Uh, yeah, strikes Black fear. Phillip, Black, Black Phillip. Phillip. <laughs> also, I, like, I don't really see how else that movie could have ended, though. Because I've thought about it, too. I was like, I wasn't sure if yeah. I was sold on the ending, but I just don't know how else that could have resolved. Yeah. Um, the other movie that I saw that I actually liked a lot more, and which won't come really as a surprise to you, um, and that I think is getting way less love from critics than it should have, um, is Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <gasps> I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I really liked it, and it's got like a 61% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it's what? deserving of like way more than that. Um, at least, like, a solid 85 or something. Like, it's it's better than 61%. Um, I, thought, I thought all Tina Fey movies get, like, an automatic 75. Is that not a thing? <laughs> no. Oh. No, that's not. For you and me, it is. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I thought it was really good. And um, kind of talks about Afghanistan as the forgotten war, which it is. And, um... And I thought Tina Fey did a really good job. Martin Freeman is charming as hell, which won't come as a surprise to you. What? Um, and, yeah, I just really liked it a lot. That bums me out. I'm sorry that's happening to old TF. Yeah. Um, the other quick thing that I'll... Well, two other things. Uh, real quick, I'll just mention that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came back this week, and I loved it. It was so good. Um, and it wouldn't be an episode of this show if I did not mention that. Um, but the thing that I am, like, obsessing over lately is have you watched any of The People vs. O.J. Simpson? Okay, I have... I thought that I heard all that I needed to hear, and, like, as soon as I heard Cuba Gooding Jr., I kind of tuned out. I am toying with the idea of watching it. I don't know. You should watch right. it. It is so good. Like, um, it is basically a glorified Lifetime movie, but I think that's kind of why I love it. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's really interesting, Ugh. and... Okay, but I do not share your, like, weird fascination with, like, Hallmark movies and Lifetime movies. So, it, like, that being said, am I going to be as enraptured with this as you are? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think you will be. It's It tells, it at least for me, it's telling me some things I didn't know about the OJ case. You know, I was eight or something when it was happening, so um, there's a lot that kind of went over my head at the time, um, but 
also, like, on top of that, and we'll kind of get into this, this is actually appropriate with our period dramas case, because it is essentially a period drama at this point, because it's set in a different time than our own. But, um... Technically. It's really interesting. They're really highlighting the, like, race aspect of the, um, of the OJ case, and it seems, in, in a way, that makes it seem really prevalent with, you know, the kind of discussions that we're having today with Ferguson and Black Lives Matter and stuff, and, um... It, it's actually really, it's really good, and some of the performances are, like, kind of ridiculous sometimes, but I think that that case was such a circus, and those characters that were in the case were kind of characters, and so um, I think it lends itself well to being kind of over-the-top and ridiculous, um, and... Uh, well, and it's, like, weirdly timely, too. Sorry, not to interrupt, but, like, with the whole knife thing that's come to light, it's, like, it's weird how timely yeah. that show is yeah, right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm I'm really liking it. I, I If you're a little worried about Kardashian overload, because in the first few episodes, it's like, okay, we get it, Kardashians. Um, <laughs> but it, it kind of, it peters out. So um, get past that, and I think you'll be fine. But okay. it's really good. I'm loving it. Cool. So check it out. All right. Maybe. Um, okay, do you feel good about our fangirl talk? Yeah. Yeah, I think we spilled it. Okay, so then we'll get into our main topic for this episode. Um, so if you follow our blog or know us personally, you probably already know that we love a good old-fashioned period drama. Um, emphasis on the old-fashioned. Now, the broad definition of a period drama would be any drama set in a time previous to our own. So anything from Shakespeare in Love to Mad Men to Titanic to Little Women would qualify um, as a bit of a disclaimer, I will go ahead and guess that for both of us, the term period drama immediately brings to mind the BBC dramas that our mothers raised us on. Um, but we will also try and cover more ground than just those. Um, so Whitney, first of all, what do you think of as the period drama classics in your mind? Are you referring to like like, what immediately comes to mind when somebody says the word, like, period drama? Is that kind of what... Sure. Okay. Um, Pride and Prejudice is kind of automatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. There's no getting around it. Uh, that whole Jane Austen series, really, that ITV or BBC or whoever produced back in, like, the late aughts, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think those are pretty quintessential for me. Um, probably the, the other one that I wrote down... And again, it's a it's a BBC drama, but Bleak House, yeah, that came out either like two thousand seven, two thousand six. That's probably one of my classics. Yeah, I think it's interesting because like for us, we we do tend to think more of, um, like the TV miniseries, BBC, PBS, BBC masterpiece classic things, um, mm. whereas like kind of maybe more of the world would think about like the best picture Oscar Beatty movies, you know, like this year we had The Danish Girl, or you've got like The English Patient, or, you know, those kind of Howard's End type, um, ivory classic type movies. Um, but yeah, for me, it's definitely comes down to anything and all things Austin. 
Um, yeah. I am an Austin file. I love her. So I love all of those. Um, another one that I love is North and South, which Ooh. not the Civil War one with Patrick Swayze, but the <laughs> Industrial Revolution British one with Richard Armitage, who swoon, please. Like, he could make me melt to butter with just his voice. Um, and then... Side note, uh, every time Ellen and I, like, part ways... <laughs> <laughs> I always go, look back at me. <laughs> look back at me. And A joke you will does. only get if you know North and South, but that is the best scene in that. Um, the best. The other one that was, like, my favorite um, when I was younger that I was like, yeah, that is a period drama, <laughs> is um, Anne of Green Gables. I loved that when Aww. I was, like, 12. Um, so those are just some of the ones that came to mind for me. Um Whitney, what do you think makes for a good period drama? Okay, so after maybe too much deliberation, I kind of, for me, it boils down to escapism. So, like, I like something that's going to transport me. Um, I realize realize that kind of my thing with period dramas is that I don't necessarily like them to be about the events of whatever time period they're set in. I like that to kind of be a backdrop. I like it to be more about the people who lived during, you know, the Regency period or what what have you. Um, so, yeah, I think that, for me, that's what makes a good period drama. That Like, that sense of time and... Yeah. Um, I'm actually almost kind of the opposite. I I mean... So, like, my Aust- you might kind of look at my Austin picks and be like, oh, she just likes those because they're love stories. And that is true. But also, like, um, the English major nerd in myself, really, I've always loved Austin that she's able to make kind of biting social commentary on, you know, the classism and, you know, women's rights issues of her time. So I actually... I really like when they are able to kind of shine a light on something um, that kind of still feels prevalent and relatable today. Um, So, you know, things like feminism and um, racism and classism. Like, did you see um, Belle? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I should have put that as one of my classics. That movie is so good. I, I thought about it. Um, it's so good. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, and I think that that kind like that shows kind of the feminist and the racist, um, you know, problems with that era. So um, I I like when it can kind of um, make us evaluate, you know, things about our own society. Um, but set in a different time period and, like, either show how far we've come or show that, like, yeah, that's a problem that still exists today that, like, we could improve upon, so. Uh, sorry, not to, uh, diverge too hard, but Sam Reed is probably, I would say, (laughs) one of my top, uh, five leading men because of that, because of that movie, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's really good in that movie. Um, yeah, no, that's, I highly recommend, that's, like, definitely one of the, you know, more recent ones that when people are asking me for a good recommendation, because people know that this is, like, my bread and butter, um, 
that's definitely a good one that I think not a lot of people know about. So check that one out for sure. Um, so Whitney, this is kind of a convoluted question, but it's something that I got thinking about. Um, so do you think that these period dramas are better when they are kind of adaptations of books that were written by people who for them, that period was their contemporary period or do you think so something like an Austin or a Dickens or something like that um or do you think that they're better um when it's a mo- written in our present day but set in a previous time period so something like Downton um like what and what do you see as kind of the main difference between those two See, I don't know, because I really feel like you could make a case both ways. Like, the example that I kept coming up with was uh, the Pride and Prejudice um, pond scene. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Here's the thing. That scene is not in the book. No. But it shows up in, like, two separate Pride and Prejudice adaptations that I've seen. And I don't know where it came from, what it's referenced. Like, it doesn't It doesn't even make sense in context. I think it's just something that somebody just had to have. And so I feel like it doesn't... Like, the source material, if it's there, then it's there. But I feel like who whoever's doing, like, writing the screen adaptation or whatever, they're going to do whatever they want to do with it. So yeah. I, I don't know. I had a hard time coming down on one side or the other of this issue... I think I tend to prefer, um, like, adaptations um, in general uh, just because I've I've read so many of these books that it's fun for me to see them adapted so many times in so many different ways. But do they always live um, up? But do you know what I mean? Like, that in itself no, is kind of not, a catch. Yeah. Um, but I think kind of, like, along what, with what you're saying, um, yeah, like an adaptation is always going to be an adaptation. And I think whether, whether it's a, a, a new story that's being written in our time about the past or whether it's an adaptation of previous work, like I said in the previous topic that we just talked about, um, they're always going to shine a light on what they can relate to today. Um, whether that's upping a love story because that's always going to be relatable or, um, you know, I think about, um, the adaptation of Mansfield Park with, um, with Francis O'Connor and, um, Johnny Lee Miller. Um, they really like emphasize the slave trading, um, storyline, which is, it, it is a part of the book, but they make a much very peripherally though. Yeah, and they make and I think because in Austin's time that was just like, you know, something that she kind of seems from the book, she seems to disagree with it. Um, but it's kind of just mentioned in like, yep, this is just what he does. Like, what are we gonna do? Um, but the movie well, obviously that being said, that movie took a lot of art- artistic liberties. Yeah. Yeah, with so other things besides that too. Um but and so it with adaptation, it's always they're always going to highlight like the aspect of the story that they want to highlight, whether it's in keeping with the tone and spirit of the book or not. Um, 
So I, th- I, I think I prefer adaptations when they're done right and to <laughs> my taste. Um, but that's the thing is I, I go back and forth because yes, I love, like I, I love a good Austin adaptation or a Dickens adaptation or a Gaskell adaptation, but they're, I mean, they're not always, you know, like congruent with what, you know, I want. So it's, yeah, that's hard. That's a hard yeah. thing for me to reconcile. And the, the, the problem that I sometimes encounter with, um, with stories that are written today and set in the past is um, there needs to be a clear reason why it's being told in the past. Um, you need to kind of get a sense for like what their purpose is in setting in telling that story in that time. Like specifically what? Um, um, I don't know. I think a lot of the reasons that I sometimes had a problem with Downton is that at the end of the day, it is just kind of like a soapy drama, which, um, you know, you could be telling kind of the same stories. Some, not all of them, but a lot of the same stories today. Um, but you know, like the backdrop of the wars and things like that and like invention and you can't really have the upstairs downstairs dynamic that you have. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just, see, I kind of feel different. I, I kind of feel uh, a little bit the other way because as I was watching it, I was thinking about it today and I think that's a good example of like an original property that has done really well and I think like overall yes it's it's had its definite ups and downs I think as a whole but I mean it's it's a good show and I think it's an example of something that yeah it it is very listen I mean at the end of the day I did like Downton Abbey but I think where I became started to become disenchanted with it was just when it was kind of like okay you guys which that could just be like <laughs> With yeah, not really with that problem that I was talking about, but um, the other thing, like kind of getting back to like what makes for a good period drama, and I think we can agree on this is good costumes and landscapes and houses, and I think that's kind of like what makes them um more fun is they're just so pretty to look at, and um mm-hmm. yeah, well I mean. Because we kind of talked about this when we talked about Brooklyn and just how beautiful that movie was mm-hmm. and how just, like, incredible. The yeah. thing, and I was listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour, and they kind of made a reference to how, yes, you had, like, all these beautiful outfits, but you see them multiple times throughout the movie. And it's like, it's like, you're like, yes, of course she would be wearing that outfit yeah. again because it's her one good dress, you know? But it's like, it's an amazing piece of costume. And so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, like, I know for me, um, I'm, I'm going to go to England this summer and my mom and I, (sighs) rub it in, my mom and I are pretty much just calling it like our Austin tour where we're going to bath and things like this just because it's like, I want to just kind of like escape kind of like you were talking about earlier. It's just like these movies have been like my escapism of a, of a sort um, and just to a time when things seemed more romantic and more, and simpler and things like that. But also, <laughs> I, 
Um, so they seem to glorify a lot of things, but I will say one that I think um, does a good <laughs> job of making me kind of like, hmm, okay, yeah, I see that we have a lot of luxuries today that I would not be able to handle back in the day. But I think one that does that well is Outlander, which I know you haven't watched yet, but... um, (laughs) I've read the book, though, so I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, you know, she has to deal with a lot of um, uh, sexual harassment against her person. and (laughs) Putting um, it lightly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) and Well, so does he. Jeez. Yeah. There's plenty of that to go around. Well, um, (laughs) so... I don't know. So I I love the escapism and the beauty and like the grandeur and things like that. And also, also all the like off the wall sex scenes. Don't you lie yeah, to me? Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> but I I do also appreciate like a period drama that can kind of like be like, hey, so this is they, these things are pretty and like the houses are great and things like that. But you know, it wasn't always great, and especially not if you weren't rich, because. You know, there's a very... Well, even if you were rich, like, you get a bath once a year. <laughs> yeah, that's Do you true. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I actually... This Nobody is, wins. This is somewhat tangential, but there was a... There was, like, a PBS reality series. I'm not going to be able to remember what it was called, but it would basically take people and put them, like, in the time... Like, I think it was called, like, Regency House or something, and I think that, that they've awesome. <laughs> done one, like, for Colonial House and stuff like that. But they would take people and, like, put them, like, make them live as people in that time did. So, like, the women were wearing corsets and, you know, they were eating the food and doing the bathing habits and things like that. And this might be, like, TMI, but the women had to mm, use Just the menstrual products... Oh, (laughs) so that's all. Let's just say, like the phrase "on the rag" didn't come from nowhere. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) No, it's very true. (laughs) So whenever I start to glorify the past, I think about that show. Like I think about that show a lot when I'm reading these things. Um, So that's awesome. (laughs) I think I probably needed that. Um, I think I kind of already know your answer, but is there a particular time period that you um, tend towards more than others for these period dramas? Sure. I mean, it's probably the same as your answer. Uh, I definitely lean either more towards, like, the Regency period or, like, mid-20th century. You know what I mean? I guess that's just what, like, speaks to me the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um... I'm, yeah, kind of the same. Like, um, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated. Well, I love, like, listen, I got on a Jane Austen kick when I was 12 years old and I've... And you proceeded to get me on the same kick. Yeah. So. (laughs) And I've pretty much just rode that. Like, I read Regency romance novels. I, like, that's my, that's my jam. Those are my my things um so that will probably always be my favorite but I am really fascinated with um like World War II era things which I realize there's a lot of (laughs) kind of an overhaul of (laughs) stories being told from that time but um it is really interesting era and 
Um, yeah, so, and I think there's interesting stories that come out of that time, whether it's about World War II or not, but, um, so yeah, those are kind of what I thought of as well. Um, so Wit, we've glorified the past, but do you have any that, like, are not your jam? I've got, yeah, there's only one that I can think of that really turns me off, and that's usually, like, the Civil War. I don't care for stories. Like, I don't love Gone with the Wind, and I just, like, I really yeah. don't, like, even there's a great show on, that's showing on PBS right now called Mercy Street, and it's about a field hospital during the Civil War, and it's a great show, but, like, also I'm just, like, not that enthused about it because it's about the Civil War, and, and it's, like, not... My favorite piece of American history. So I, yeah, that would be my pick. That's a good one. Um, I I was thinking about, I was trying to think of, like, which ones, like, if there's any eras that I don't prefer. Um, and I guess I would, like, is it weird that I, I kind of don't want my period dramas set in America? Is that weird? I feel the same way. That's kind of why I don't love Civil War stuff because it's like that's like you're just gonna, you're gonna be in America, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I don't love that. And I wonder if like British people feel this like if they want period dramas that are set <laughs> in America, or if that's just like I hope they don't. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just feel like there's not as many of those as yeah. I think because. Um, I think it's probably because, you know, we are we are still a fairly young country. Um, right. And so, like, when you set things in our past, it's not... It's going to be the American Revolution or the Civil yeah, War. Like, that's what you're going to get. And that's not pretty or anything, you no. know. Um, so, yeah, I guess... I agree. I think they just have, like, a more, like, rich history than we do. So yeah. I think they have more to work with. And they've been more established for longer, you know, so they have, yeah. um, yeah, and they were, you know, like, if you look at the Regency era, which would be, like, the late 1700s to the early 1800s, so, you know, that's kind of when we were, that's, I guess, like, where our westerns and stuff would be coming from, um, yeah, we were just kind of getting our feet wet, yeah, exactly, <laughs> we didn't have, you know, grand, <laughs> ballrooms and things like that so yeah yeah we had like covered wagons and yeah. who wants that skirmishes and <laughs> wounded knee no thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I agree and and you kind of articulated what I was thinking too like I just don't like period dramas that are set in America yeah I don't like it Maybe like maybe like sometime it. in the future they they'll kind of romanticize like <laughs> you know movies set in you know the antebellum South more than we do now. But Ellen, do you think there's ever gonna be a period drama about girls skyping in their pajamas? <laughs> uh, don't pull back the velvet curtain too much on how we do this, Whitney. <laughs> are you or are you not in your pajamas? Because I am. I'm in yoga pants. And Ooh. a t-shirt. So you dressed up. I wore okay. my I wore my um Captain America shirt today because Ooh. in honor of the Captain America trailer coming out. That's like our version of business casual. <laughs> <laughs> um Whitney, is there anything else that you wanted to say on period dramas or thoughts that you've had? <sighs> just 
Just that I endorse them. Yeah. Just give me more. I and that's the thing is um somebody's like, how many how many times can they adapt Pride and Prejudice? Or how many times can they adapt this? And I'm like, never enough. Keep them coming. I hope you just said, hush. Hush yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, I love them. I love them. I gobble them. Love them. I gobble them up. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, okay, so that is our thoughts on period dramas and um if you have thoughts on your favorites or the questions that we had regarding why do we like the UK more than the USA not actually but just in terms of period dramas um then you can come over and chat with us at fangirly.com or email us at fangirlyfangirls at gmail.com um okay so Whitney in episode seven, we reignited our Oscar rivalry and each laid out our predictions for who would take home the gold. Um, now, I only... Surprise! Ellen won. <laughs> I was... Shh, can um, you just, like, cut to the chase, no, please? No, I want to get to this. <laughs> now, I only missed two of the ten major categories. Um, I oh wow! I incorrectly guessed that Stallone would take supporting actor, and that Inuritu wouldn't get director for the second year in a row, but that George Miller would get it. Now Whitney Mitt, you're amazing! <laughs> wow! Oh Whitney my missed- gosh, you're such a Hollywood insider, Ellen. <laughs> so cool. Whitney missed, uh, well, it's actually easier to let's not tally up the numbers right now. I don't feel the need to really it's easier. To go through what Whitney Gosh, didn't damn get. It. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so Whitney got. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Ellen. You suck. Whitney got three of the ten major categories correct. Getting. Listen, that's an improvement of last year, so whatever. <laughs> she got Vikander, Brie Larson, and. Ellen, Leo. shut up! <laughs> so now, when we laid out the details of the bet, um, it was that the loser would have to do a dramatic reading of a bad fan fiction as uh, designated by the winner, which is me. Um, so, for today, Whitney will be giving us a dramatic reading of the fan fiction called Batmans and... <laughs> ba- <laughs> Batman's- Sorry, I'm reading through right now. <laughs> Don't read ahead. <laughs> Okay, it's called Batmans and Buff Mickey Mouse, as written by Cora the Real Cat over at fanfiction.net. Um, I think written, you're like, you're using the term written very loosely. Give, give the girl some credit. Okay, so it's, I'm going to read the synopsis, and then Whitney will give us her dramatic reading. Hopefully she doesn't laugh through the entire thing. (laughs) I cannot make promises I can't keep. (laughs) So the synopsis reads, It's just Crooked Man, but the protagonist is Mickey Mouse, (laughs) and everyone else is Batman, and I'm not even sorry. Also, I would like to point out that this entire story is written in all caps. (laughs) It looks like it was written by a serial killer. (laughs) So... Whitney, please, please take it away with 
Batmans and buff Mickey Mouse. I need to pull a Zach Morris right now. Okay. My other problem is, is that like 90% of the words are not real <laughs> words. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just love it so much. Get it together, Whitney. I can't. I am gonna. I am gonna keep the straightest face in this world. So you have to get it together, Ellen. I'm not even gonna be able to look at you while I'm doing this. So I'm just going to uh, flip my iPad. Also, I can't um, listen to you either. So I'm gonna turn off the sound That's as fine. well. I really don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> can, we, can we do another bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, at least it's, like, only a few paragraphs. I think she had to go murder somebody, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Whew. Okay, Fangirly presents Batman and Buff Mickey Mouse. It was a dark and stormy night. Zero, oh, oh, zero, oh, oh, zero, oh, oh, zero, oh, oh. Batman and Mickey Mouse sat alone in an abandoned hotel. So spoop, Mookie Moose was <laughs> Batman and Mickey Mouse sat alone in an abandoned hotel. So spoop, Mookie Moose was helping Batman found his special box from his ex-boyfriend. Ooh! They searched through the hotel. <laughs> they searched through the hotel and found nothing. But then there was a spooky, crooked Batman. He was gonna kill him and shit, but they pushed. <laughs> they searched through the hotel and found. <laughs> this is gonna take forever. <laughs> I'm crying. I'm crying too. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I can do this, but I can't. I can't listen to you. Hold on. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh, this is going to be a bitch to edit. Okay. They searched through the hotel and found nothing, but then there was a spooky crooked Batman. He was going to kill him and sh- sobbing. Okay. <laughs> it looked like you just broke up with me over Skype. You're gonna do this. Okay. No, I'm really gonna do this, and uh, I just gotta get it out. Just don't But that's the thing, like, I haven't... pay attention to what you're reading. No, you're right, I just, I gotta keep it raw. Okay. I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, 80% of this is not even English. Okay. It's fine. You're welcome. I still hate you. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. Oh, zero, 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 oh, zero, 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 oh, zero, 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 oh. Batman and Mickey Mouse sat alone in an abandoned hotel. So spoop. 
Mookie Moose was helping Batman find his special box from his ex-boyfriend. Oh! They searched through the hotel and found nothing, but then there was a spooky, crooked Batman. He was going to kill him and shit, but then they pushed him down a hole, and then they set him on fire and all that. Um, they stabbed him, and then it was good, and he went away, and then they found the box, and it was good. Ten out of ten. So, Mickey Mouse went to an old spooky law school, where he found other Batman, and they were super gay for each other, so... <laughs> so, spo- so, okay. so, Mickey Mouse went to an old spooky law school where he found other Batman, and they were super gay for each other. So he locked spooky crooked Batman in a room, but then he got out, and he had to beat him to death with a metal pipe. And then it was good and stuff, and Mickey Mouse was surprisingly buff, and Batman was like, hey, you're hot, have some energy drink. So buff Mickey Mouse went to an abandoned hospital, and there was dead cats and vomit on the floor, and he found a small fluffy Batman, and he took small fluffy Batman with him, and it was good. But then small fluffy Batman got locked in a bathroom, and the spooky crooked Batman tried to get him buff, but Mickey Mouse saved him, and then he beat up spooky crooked Batman with a fire extinguisher. And so he shot spooky crooked Batman on the roof, and the small fluffy Batman ran away, and then friend Batman came and punched buff Mickey Mouse so he wouldn't shoot himself in the head. So Buff Mickey Mouse went to Spooky Crooked Batman's house and took his notebook and shot him till he cried and disappeared. So Buff Mickey Mouse went up to the attic and found a dead body of some other Batman. And so he put cigarettes by his grave and everyone was happy. The end. Yay! So hopefully we edit out all of this, but a little behind the scenes, that took Whitney a long time to get. <laughs> really, that that uh, it, we were that one shit really tripped me up. I need to understand why there's so many Batmans. And listen, from my understanding of this really important work, um, <laughs> and there's a lot of interpretations of Buff Mickey Mouse and Batman. I think we can all agree. Like we've yeah. all heard. You know, everybody's got their two cents on Batman and Buff Mickey Mouse. My interpretation is that um, all the Batmans were sort of like um, representations of Buff Mickey Mouse's psyche. So, you know, you've got your fluffy Batman and then your spooky crooked Batman. Yeah. um, And then you have your friend Batman. Um, So, yeah, I think... I think this so is a kind very of like dense a fight work. club situation where like sort Tyler of. Durden is yeah. all these Mickey Mouses or these Batmans. I mean, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, you're welcome to interpret it differently, but that's just kind of yeah. what I got. From it's it. very deep. Um, I am still perplexed as to <laughs> why we need to outline that <laughs> Mickey Mouse is buff. Um, I don't understand. Well, <clears throat> I think that's just. That's just a uh, character exposition. I think it gave us a clear picture of who Mickey Mouse really was. <laughs> He's buff. Although to be to be fair, he was uh, Mookie Moose at one point. Yeah, at at certain points he's Mookie Moose, um, and maybe to hi- maybe he's buff 
in order to heighten the sexual tension between him and, uh, I don't remember which Batman thought he, they were super gay for each other. <laughs> it's just other Batman. It wasn't, it's an otherwise unspecified Batman. <laughs> You know, and here's, here is what I got from that. What happens at Spooky Crooked Law School stays at Spooky Crooked Law School. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, so I hope that you enjoyed that, that fan fiction. It was actually really hard to find a poorly written um, fan fiction that wasn't also filthy. Like, just a lot of... Um, engorged uh anatomy and things like that so honestly i would have preferred that <laughs> i'm being totally honest <laughs> yes but our mothers would not have so oh i i, often... I am not 100 percent sure about that at all <laughs> um so we hope that you enjoyed um that r- dramatic reading from uh whitney we may have to do that again just because it was pretty fun <laughs> that was amazing um, so uh as always thanks so much for listening um if i don't i can't imagine that people have thoughts that they want to share with us on batmans i mean maybe people have um their own dramatic interpretations of that story so if you want to share those with us come find us at fangirly.com or email us at fangirlyfangirls at gmail.com whitney it's been a pleasure my dear i'll talk to you next time Bye. Bye. It's the Fan Girly Show.